After my disaster with Mia Carter and the boom, Mum took me for a burger to try and cheer me up. She was sympathetic, but I couldn't really expect her to be worried about my career when she was stressed out about her own. There was a big staff meeting scheduled for the next week to discuss what network management called future directions. Future directions, ha! hissed Mum, attacking her french fries as if they were to blame. We all know what that means. Job losses, less money. It's all right for those fat cat executives with their big houses and salaries. I'd never seen Mum so worried. I ordered an ice cream sundae and an apple pie in case this was the last time we'd be able to afford to eat out. I dreaded to think what would happen if she'd lost her job. With a double career crisis in the household, I didn't think things could get much worse. But I was wrong. When we got back home, the message light was blinking on our answering machine. The call was from Mum's friend, Mrs Mowbray. She's a ballet teacher. She had a favour to ask. No way! I glared at Mum after we'd listened to the message. No way! Oh, come on, Scott. She wouldn't ask if it wasn't important. No! I'm a serious cameraman. I don't do ballet. Mrs Mowbray wanted me to video the annual ballet school recital on Saturday. She said her husband had taken her video camera away on a business trip. I've got my reputation to think of, I told Mum. Mrs Mowbray will just have to find someone else. Mum was disgusted. Well, you can ring her and tell her that yourself, she said. Minutes later I heard myself saying, Sure, 4.30, OK, Mrs Mowbray. I hung up the phone and put my head in my hands. I'd called to tell her I'd be sick on Saturday or, or that my camera had fallen into the bath. But she sounded so desperate I couldn't say no. As I put the phone down, Mum winked at me. I'm proud of you, she said. I made a face. Why don't you ask Aaron to go along with you, she suggested. Aaron was my best friend from school. It was worth a try. I rang him. What sort of little filming job? Asked Aaron, suspiciously. I told him. Girls and tutus and things? <laughs> no way! Anyway, I've just remembered. I have to wash my dog between four and five on Saturday. Bye! I called him back. He finally agreed to come but it cost me half my football card collection and a promise to buy him a burger and a double caramel sundae on the way there. When we got to the hall, there were lots of cars parked outside. Aaron almost bolted at the first sight of a tutu, but by the time we'd walked inside, we could hardly move for them. Scott! Mrs Mowbray sang out from across the hall. Woohoo! The buzz died down and all these girls turned and stared at us. Aaron made for the door. I grabbed the hood of his sweatshirt and yanked him back. Stay here. You haven't earned that Sunday yet. Mrs Mowbray told us she'd reserved some seats for us in the front row so we could get a good view of the stage. Wild, said Aaron, rolling his eyes. I just smiled. Oh, there's somebody here you might know, said Mrs Mowbray, calling over a dancer. I believe Lisa's a neighbour of yours. I looked at the girl, who was being reluctantly pushed forward by Mrs Mowbray. I must have been staring because she started to giggle. That's when I clicked. It was Lisa Chung, from our building. 
She looked so different. Instead of a sweatshirt and jeans, she was wearing a white tutu and pale, shimmery tights that made her legs look really long. Her black hair was slicked back into a little bun. Her cheeks sparkled with glitter. And she was wearing pink lipstick. She looked really... different. I'm a swan, said Lisa, arching her neck and smiling. <laughs> you sure are, I sighed. Aaron looked at me sideways and then opened his mouth and jabbed two fingers at his tonsils. I couldn't believe how rude he was being. I wished I hadn't asked him to come. Almost curtain-up time, girls, called Mrs Mowbray. I watched Lisa glide backstage, surrounded by a flurry of tutus. When the curtain came up for the performance, I had my camera ready. It was hard to see Lisa among all the other swans, but I soon picked her out. A tall girl called the Swan Princess or something like that kept hogging the stage and getting in the way, but I still managed to follow Lisa. The performance went really quickly. I shot two whole tapes. Mrs Mowbray would be pleased. As the curtains closed, I had to wake up Aaron, who was slumped on the chair beside me. Hmm, I can think of better ways of spending a Saturday afternoon. Maybe next week we could watch some jelly set. As we were filing out of the hall, we met Mrs Mowbray in the foyer. Ah, oh, my clever cameraman. I just can't wait to see the tape. Some of the girls and their parents have also asked about it. You're not in a hurry, are you? There's a TV in my office. Aaron was anxious to get going, but I didn't mind playing the tape. Besides, I wanted to see Lisa and tell her how well she danced. Mrs Mowbray, I whispered as the girls and their parents gathered. Can you please tell these people I'm actually training to be a television cameraman and that this was just a favour? You said I don't usually do ballet. Of course, of course, said Mrs Mowbray, patting my shoulder. Lisa and her mum came in as I was plugging the camera into the TV. Lisa had changed out of her costume into a tracksuit, but she still had her ballerina hairdo and makeup. The girl who was the top swan, the princess one, marched into Mrs Mowbray's office and took the only chair. Everyone else had to sit on the floor. As the tape rolled, I was really pleased with how steady I'd kept the camera. The zooms were nice and slow, and there was a good variety of close-ups and wide shots. Carlos would have been impressed. I was so captivated by my brilliance that it was a while before I noticed Aaron sniggering beside me. Then I realised that everyone else was getting restless. Some people left. I looked back at the screen. What was the problem? It was perfect. There was Lisa twirling, another shot of Lisa leaping in the air, an awesome close-up on her feet. Hmm, said Mrs Mowbray after a while. There are some lovely shots of Lisa Chung. Can you uh, fast-forward a bit so we can see some of the other girls? But there was the problem. I fast-forwarded on and on and on through both tapes, and there were no shots of other girls. When I turned around, most people had gone, except the Chungs and the Swan Princess, who was sobbing into Mrs Mowbray's shoulder. I think it's time to split, said Aaron. I wasn't allowed to forget the disaster at the ballet. Aaron wouldn't shut up about it, and I knew he was dying for school to start again so he could tell everyone. I had to keep using the stairs in our building because I couldn't face seeing Lisa Chung. Once... 
I did see her in the foyer. She was with a friend. As I hurried into the lift, I tripped on my shoelace and sort of fell in head first. As the doors closed, I glimpsed Lisa smiling. She must have thought I was a real jerk. For the first time, I thought maybe it wouldn't be so bad if Mum lost her job and we had to move. But whether Mum was going to keep her job or not was still up in the air. Things were getting pretty edgy in the newsroom. It was as if someone had turned the volume down on the noisy buzz that usually went on. The only person who wasn't uptight was Bill, the news editor. He was going to retire at the end of the month so he could afford to be cool. <laughs> I'm leaving before they have a chance to get rid of me, he chuckled, as I plonked another coffee on his desk. Bill liked it double and black, and he reckoned I was the only one who got it right. At least I could get something right. I'd decided to stick to getting coffee and doing messages after the disaster with the mayor's press conference and then the ballet. Carlos was doing his best to cheer me up. He took the blame for the mayor getting clonked on the head. We said he never should have expected me to hold the boom for so long. He said my ballet stuff was a fine portrait of an up-and-coming dancer. He didn't fool me, though. I knew I was a failure. Carlos even offered to view some of my nightly news bulletins to see if he could give me some tips. I was sitting at Mum's desk, ripping a polystyrene cup into a zillion pieces, when he called me up into the editing booth. Up on the screen was my story about Roger, the killer cat. It's pretty good, he said. But you can't see the cat's face. He's the bad guy. We gotta see his face. Should have got around in front of him. Carlos wound the tape on. Now, look at all that empty frame around the Barbie doll's head. You need to get closer, much closer. And the light in the basement's too low. Yeah. Maybe I'll see if I can find you one of our old sun guns. I must have looked puzzled. Ah, sun guns are portable spotlight that clips on the top of the camera. Remind me to see if there are any old ones down in the storeroom. Yeah, well, thanks a million, Carlos, I said. But don't waste your time searching for that sun gun thing. I've grown out of playing with video cameras. <laughs>